0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Cardinals Update podcast presented by me, Cardinals Update, or Jesus, or Duke. Like I always say, whatever you want to call me. Um, So yeah, basically, um, this podcast, since it is a bye week, we are going to go over just, you know, some positional breakdowns. Kind of just seeing how the offense and defense have been going just throughout the season, throughout the first 14 weeks. And just, you know, how you expect them to finish the season. And then also next year, just how... How do you think, you know, they play out next year? Uh, We'll also go over a little bit of free agency and the the draft, you know, just looking ahead on, uh, you know, what's going on with our own free agent, with some potential free agents, uh, with some money that the Cardinals might have to spend. And also on the draft, too, you know, what pick, you know, what what we'll have regarding the the Texans pick, what we're going to have with our own pick if we trade back, you know, if we pick whoever at number three, you know, just how the future looks for our potential draft picks. So let's get into it. So the beginning, just, you know, the positional breakdown of the offense, you know, first and foremost, you know, starting off with Kyler Murray. I think, you know, Kyler Murray has been great so far. I think we've we've only seen him for, you know, four games of the season, and I think he's looked great so far. You know, he has been up and down, but I think that that's kind of expected when you do, you know, come back from an ACL injury you are you aren't going to be as you know as honed in as you like to be just because you haven't really first of all you had you spent the whole offseason just rehabbing like you know with Kyler Murray I think it's such a unique situation just because you know he did have his injury late last season and as soon as he had the injury I think that whole season was just you know going downhill and then they basically they basically just clean house throughout the whole organization so the GM gone you know a lot of the front office is gone uh, the head coach is gone all the coaches are gone and you're just you, you know you're just building building up the the foundation from scratch so you know you're bringing a new GM you're bringing a new head coach you're bringing ho- whole new coordinators whole new coaching staff you you don't bring back a lot of your guys that were free agents last year you know like like a Byron Murphy like a like a Zach Allen and just guys like that 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 have been staples here for this organization for the past you know three four years you don't bring them back and then you have new guys coming in you know just taking over different positions you know from the coordinator side so you know you had Kaiser White come in you had you know Haji Frothole come in you have guys like that who came in with other coaches so it's a whole lot of change that you, you you typically don't see when Whenever a quarterback injures, you know, just has like a major injury, like a like a season-ending injury. So something like that, I think, was was a lot, uh, was really different and unique in regarding Kyler's situations, because you haven't really seen the quarterback, you know, come back. And then just have to learn a whole new offense. Most of the time, you know, whenever a quarterback injures himself, you know, they give that coaching staff or that uh, front office, the GM, they usually give him like, like a grace here just because, you know, you, you don't know what would have happened with, you know, if they would have kept them, if it would have stayed um, healthy throughout the whole season. Kind of like, you know, like Joe, Joe Burrow, you know, he got hurt, you know, his, his rookie year. And they didn't really change anything, you know, head coach was the same, GM was the same, and everything was was the same there, and he was able to go back into the offense that he's been learning for the past year. So for Kyler, it wasn't like he was going, you know, back into Cliff Kingsbury's offense that he's been in for the past four or five years, and he's just going to come back, and he's going to know everything, and it's, it's just, you know, getting his body right. He has to come back, you know, obviously first get his body right, and then second get his get his uh, mental right when, you know, being, you know, coming back from a major injury like that just you know, trusting your knee and trusting that, you know, everything has healed properly, you know, in, in your recovery. And then third, you have to understand and learn a whole new offense that you haven't really been playing throughout your whole um, career. So, you know, in high school, you know, a lot of the shotgun, you know, in, in Texas for him, it was just a lot of the um, shotgun plays, you know, same thing at Oklahoma, just in, in that Lincoln Riley offense, you had a lot of, a lot of plays in, in shotgun, not so much under center. And then he came into the NFL, and the same thing with Cliff Kingsbury, to, uh, just 80, 90% shotgun, and just a lot of air raid offense, which you know he's been used to the, uh, his whole playing career, just now. You know, it was a lot of, you know, changing everything, trying to get him under center and just understanding that this is going to be sort of like, like a run first offense. You know, like I've said before, you know, something similar to the Browns, to the 49ers, a little bit of the Eagles mixed in there too. So just having like a power running game is something that he hasn't been accustomed to. You know, he's had great running backs before, you know, he had kind of like the tail end of David Johnson's career. He had a little bit of like Kenyon Drake and then now with James Conner, but he hasn't really been in an offense that focuses on running the running the ball and then just hitting the tight ends off of play action and stuff like that. So this is something that was very new to him. I I see. And then also I think he he's played just, you know, Kind of like how I, I expected. I didn't expect him to play, you know, unbelievable and just understand everything just as soon as he got out there. I understand there was going to be, you know, there's going to be highs and lows within his game. But I feel like you feel more comfortable now than what you would have thought of, you know, before he came back. You know, obviously you have the when he first came back against the Falcons, you know, he won. He, he didn't look. As great, you know, throwing wise, but, you know, everything looked great. You know, the the offense was was actually, you know, going on the field was actually able to score points, was actually able to throw the ball down the field. And then, you know, Kyle looked great, you know, athletic wise, you know, he was running the running around everywhere um, with the ball. So he looked great on that front. On the other side of things, you know, you had you go play against the Texans and then it kinda looked like everything stalled for you. So it just looked like, you know, everything looked a lot more difficult, you know. After the first the first quarter everything just looked like so difficult, like you were playing just kind of like how you were um years prior, where it just it just looked so difficult to try and get first downs, to try and get, you know, third downs, to try to try and convert, you know, fourth downs, to try and even get points in general. It just looked like they were just it was just so difficult for them to get points and then you go against uh the rams and then that just looked horrible you know you got you got whooped there just on 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 a coaching level on like an effort level just in the trenches you just got ran over by the rams and then at that point you're kind of thinking you know like what what is this offense going to look like what is this team going to be you know when we're when we have to play within our division because our division I think our division is one of the most difficult divisions in the NFL just because you have, in my opinion, arguably three Hall of Fame head coaches playing against you. You you know, you have Pete Carroll, who's a great, you know, defensive minded head coach. You know, he's won a Super Bowl, been in two Super Bowls, and he's just had that Seahawks team playing great, you know, as long as he's been there. I don't think he's had, you know, very few losing seasons, if any. And then you have Kyle Shanahan who's Who's like the greatest, you know, one of the greatest offensive minds in football right now, you know, whenever people hire from his coaching tree, it just looks like they're having the, you know, they're, they're playing, you know, offensive football at a different level than everyone else. They're just ahead of the curve for everything. They're able to run the ball so many different ways. Their offense is so complex. You know how you how you establish the run and then, you know, you play off the run um, in the pass game. So just everything that Kyle Shanahan does is great. And then you have, you know, Sean McVay, who's the greatest, youngest head coach of all time. You know, he's he's like the, the protege of offensive mastermind, you know, head coach. You know, he's like the poster boy of, you know, NFL head coaches. So like like I said, you have probably three of the top five head coaches or obviously three top 10 head coaches in the league in your division and so just playing like that is going to be difficult just playing against them in general so that's why I think that Rams game it was just tough to see just because you know you think ahead you know of the we're playing the 49ers next week and so you're just thinking you know how are we going to look against 49ers you know they have a stacked team from top to bottom you know is that going to be another blowout loss kind of how we were against the Rams. The Rams don't really have any real, real talent outside of like Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup and like Matthew Stafford right there. But outside of that, you know, you can't really name anyone on the defense outside of Aaron Donald. You can't really name anyone on the offense outside of probably Cup, um, Puka Nakua and, and Matthew Stafford. So just, they just have guys in there that are plug and play with the Rams, which, you know, you hope to see, you know, you hope that the Cardinals are able to do that in the future. So you know, going at, going after the Rams game, you know you you go against the Steelers, and then you play, you play the type of offense and the type of football that you expect to play, you, you know, all year round. You know they were they were they were controlling everything at the line of scrimmage. They were able to run the ball no matter what seemingly w- was in front of them. No matter if it was T.J. Watt, no matter if if it was you know any any one of their defensive linemen, no matter if it was one of their linebackers that. Have been playing unbelievable the these past couple of weeks. So just seeing us being able to run the ball and then also just hitting you know the larger targets like the tight ends and also hitting just a few dumbbell passes to James Conner to Michael Carter. It it was really great to see for this offense kind of like turn the page and understand hey this is the type of football that we can play that we can run against you know no matter if it's if it's the number one defense against the Steelers or if it's. You know someone that just has one defensive player like the Rams you know hopefully something like that could build on for for games and for like situations next year where you're able to look back at, at a game like the Steelers and you say hey you know we're able to 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 move the line of scrimmage we're able to to play you know hard nose football within the trenches and that's something that that, that you love to see so going back to what I was talking about with, with Kyler Murray, I think him within this Drew Petzing offense is, you know, for these past four weeks, for this past month, I think it, you, you feel happy about it. You know, I don't think this is just talking, you know, off of the game that we had last week against Steelers. I think you honestly feel... Feel great, and you feel kind of at ease with this offense. I mean, outside of the Rams game, I don't think anything felt too difficult. Where you are just like, well, this offense doesn't look great. You know, Kyler kind of looks horrible. You know, yada yada yada. I think you know, even in, even in the in the in the Texans game, you know, when you weren't able to score points, you saw like the foundational pieces of how this offense is supposed to run. You saw how you know this offense is gonna is gonna run with Kyler Murray, how he's able to hit guys. You know, maybe next year when you do have a full offseason you know Kyler is going to be able to he's going to be able to hit those throws you know more consistently just because you have a whole offseason with with you with your receivers, with your tight ends and just understanding the ins and outs of this offense you know being able to to see different coverages and how you're supposed to attack it within the scheme of this offense so just seeing how that how that could look in the future you know you, you feel at ease and you know with Kyler I don't think you're going to have i i in my opinion you should not you know draft a quarterback if you do land like a top one or two pick like i think kyler is great you know i'm a kyler supporter so him you know showing this team showing this offense showing you know gannon showing money Austin for showing all of them that he is a franchise quarterback and he can run you know whatever offense you put him you put him in regardless of you know if it's a If it's an air raid offense if it's you know a run first offense he's able to adapt and adjust himself to play within the the confines of the offense and i think that he's shown that these past you know the past four weeks and hopefully he continues to show that towards the end of the season and you go into next season you go into the off season you know not having that as a concern if you do end up with like the number one or two over overall pick I I wouldn't say the, the number two overall pick. You know, if Drake May is there, I don't think you have any worry about that. But if you do land the first overall pick, you know, it is going to be a conversation just because you know uh, Caleb Williams. I still think I still think he's a great quarterback and he's going to be the first pick. You know, in next year's draft. But and then also him on a rookie scale contract is going to be a conversation that you have to have. But you know, outside of getting the first overall pick, which I don't think is going to happen, just because the Panthers are really struggling right now and I don't see him really winning many if any games for the rest of the season so just seeing how that plays out would be interesting to see but other than that I don't see us getting the first overall pick you know maybe the second overall pick depending on how the Patriots do I knew they won you know on Thursday night but I personally don't see him winning many other games um, so I think you know we'll honestly probably get like the third like three to five pick just depending on you know if we beat You know looking ahead in the schedule you know we we play the 49ers we play the bears we play the eagles and and then we play the seahawks so those are our four remaining games um honestly i don't see us beating the 49ers you know hopefully it is a competitive game and you know kyler shows that he's still improving within the offense you know everything looks great is just you know it's kind of like how we how we played the 49ers last earlier in the season where everything looked great it looked solid you know you you know you saw the foundational pieces there but it's just you know the lack of talent that you have on this team compared to the 49ers which had a stacked roster you know from top to bottom you know i just think that just they just won't be able to keep up with the 49ers with the bears you know hopefully you know that looks like probably the, uh, the last winnable game that you have um on the season. So playing the Bears, hopefully you do come out with come out with the win. Personally, you know, I I'm not rooting for losses, but a loss wouldn't be terrible just because, you know, you give the Bears another win, which that'll put them, you know, in the back end of the top 10 list with their own pick. And so, you know, it'll just it'll just, you know, confuse things up for them. You know, there are some rumors going around where you know, the Bears might see Justin Fields still as a franchise quarterback. And, you know, at pick number one, you know, instead of going Caleb Williams or instead of going Drake May, they'll go Marvin Harrison Jr. And then with the other, you know, pick that they have, you know, they're not going to win out. They're going to win out and then, you know, they'll have like a top whatever pick and they, they could maybe choose a quarterback there or maybe choose an offensive lineman there. You don't, as a Cardinals fan, you don't want that to happen just because if the if the Bears choose marvin harrison jr with the first overall pick then at that point i think Monty's just calling the phones and just going to trade back at that point and then we'll we'll talk about that more you know as you know l- later later on but just you know having Monty probably going to call the phones and stuff like that just because marvin isn't there you know if they do land a third overall pick which is most likely what they'll get three or four If if they are up there and marvin is gone with the first overall pick then then i think it's trade down season for us but you know anyways i think you know the bears is, is is a win you know in my me personally i think that, uh, that that's a win with the eagles i don't know if that's a win i hope for a win you know i'd rather win against the eagles and the bears honestly just because you know everything that happened this past offseason with you know philadelphia basically blaming johnny gannon for the super bowl loss which i don't really see it that way you know Maybe it's biased just because he's our head coach, but I think you know he kept you guys in the game against Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City offense against Andy Reid for the majority of the game. Obviously, you know at the end, you know they they did hit you um, hit Gannon's defense with you know back to back like similar plays that ended up going for a touchdown. But at the, at the same time, you know you had Jalen fumble the ball. Yeah, I think in the third quarter you had they the the Philadelphia special teams you had them give up a 50 60 yard punt to Kadarius Tony that basically put the Chiefs in the red zone just off rip and then you had just a, just a few misses from, from the offense that they weren't able to really score I don't think any points you know in the fourth quarter or maybe even in the in the in the third quarter so just seeing stuff like that I think there is there is more blame to go around than just John the Gannon I think he was a scapegoat for a lot of the Philadelphia Eagles fans and, you know, going off of that, I think, you know, probably should have been more blame on Stain Sh- on, on their offensive coordinator, Stain Scheichen, you know, the, the the head coach now for the Indianapolis Colts. I think he should have got more blame. I don't think he got, you know, as much fire as Jonathan Gannon. You know, they had similar things too. you know, Steichen went to Indianapolis right after the Super Bowl. You know, right even before John Gannon got hired here in Arizona, he was already hired you know, for the Colts head job. And, you know, a lot of Eagles fans and a lot of, like, media personalities are saying, oh, you know, John L. gannon he was, he was too, you know, concerned about his next job. He wasn't concerned about the Super Bowl that he was playing. You know, he was too concerned about trying to be a head coach, which, I mean... I feel like it happens more often than than not where, like, a Super Bowl, one of the, you know, a few coordinators from the Super Bowl teams, you know, they go off and get head coaching jobs at the end of the season. So I don't know why there was so much hate for Jonathan Gannon, you know, this off season, And then, two right before the, the NFL draft this past season, you know, the Eagles come out with a statement with the Arizona Cardinals saying that, you know, they, they caught him in some tampering things with the with the head coach, you know some illegal communication, and we switched fifth-round picks or third-round picks, and then we gave them a pick this year, something something crazy like that, Wh- which, you know, it was dumb to see just because we dropped probably, like, 30 or 50 spots, I, I'm i not too sure, like, in, in day three of the draft, but, you know, everything worked out, you know, as well as it could, and, you know, I think they were, you know, the Eagles organization was kind of, kind of felt bad just because... or kind of not felt bad, but just sort of, you know, felt... Like like they were betrayed just because they did offer Jonathan Gannon the same amount of head coach money to be the defensive coordinator there in Philly. You know, they didn't want John Gannon to leave. They didn't really care about Shane Steichen if he if he left or not, but they really wanted Jonathan Gannon to stay and be their defensive coordinator, the uh, um their GM or their owner was gonna pay him, you know, head coaching money, head coaching salaries for him to stay as a defensive coordinator in Philly and then, you know, he said no like he wanted to be a head coach, so he came to Arizona. He also brought um Nick Rallis, too, who, who was their linebacker coach. And they were, I feel like they are kind of, like, pissed off be, um, because of that. And, you know, they, they that's why they, they brought up the tampering charges. I, in my eyes, you know, it was kind of just to get back at Jonathan Gannon and, you know, the Arizona Cardinals and Monty Austin for But, you know, that's that's a whole different conversation. But going back with the, with the remaining of the schedule, you know, I hope we win against the Eagles. And the Seahawks, you know, depending on how it is, they might be – you know, fighting for a playoff spot, they might be you know already out of the playoff contention. So just you know that last you know week, seventeen, eighteen game, um, I think that we could probably win it. But you know, in all reality, we just don't have the talent like Seattle, and that that could just be just a 50-50 game right there. So hopefully, you know, we, we do get one more win um, at the end of the season uh, with the remainder games that we have in the season. But honestly, you know, we could go zero and four. We could. Sp- we could just get one win i doubt we'll we'll be two and two we'll split it but you know hopefully 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 it's not oh and four if it is oh and four you know you hope it's a competitive four and four you know you're, you're you're in every game nothing's a blowout you know you you lose by you know single digits if you do go on four but just you know hopefully you know good vibes going into the to the off season where you feel like kyler murray is your guy going forward you know you feel good about the offense with the defense obviously you're gonna you're gonna hopefully add guys throughout free agency and the draft and just bolster everything around you know the the foundational pieces that you have across the team which i think would be you know kyler murray i think he he's a foundational piece um james Conner, you know he he's a main piece in this offense um the offensive line i think I play, uh, is is a really underrated group for the, for us you know you have dj Humphreys who's been playing i think bad this whole season but you know he's an average left tackle at this point you know you have fro Holt. i think he's He's a very solid center. You know, nothing is messed up. I think he's very underrated. I know I tweeted out last game, you know, like when we were playing the Steelers, he did get pushed back. And I was kind of, you know, throwing some shade to to Frojo. But all in all, I think, you know, for the first four or five weeks in the season, he's played great. And then, you know, there there was a big stretch there where he was, you know, he was getting beat just in all facets of the game in, in the past game in the run game and just you know the the snaps were great still no matter what but just he was getting beat and i think these past couple of games you know he's really stepped it up and especially against the steelers i think he played a really good game um will hernandez like i said before you know throughout this whole season he's your best offense alignment you know he's also back next year so hopefully you know you you w- with those two you know interior office alignment hopefully you know you have a strong connection going forward with them next year and then paris johnson no matter if he stays at the right tackle spot if he moves over to the left tackle spot you know you feel very comfortable with him taking another jump you know i think right now paris johnson he's you know borderline maybe like a pro bowler you know i feel like he's he's like right before right below that tier of a pro bowler you know hopefully next season he could jump up to that tier of being like like a perennial uh pro bowler will hernandez should be a pro bowler i just you know our team is really bad right now i just don't think he'll he'll get any recognition um with our wide receivers you know you feel good about uh, Michael Wilson going forward, you feel good about, you know, Trey McBride going forward hopefully Trey McBride takes that you know, keeps on riding the hot hand you know, just keeps on, you know, just going and playing great and he's able to be, you know, one of the best tight ends in the game, which I think he could very he very well could be just because of the blend of his athleticism you know, him being able to, to, to run block, his him being able to be athletic enough to make a hella catches, you know, just down the field, you know, a bunch of catches, you know, contested catches um, open field you know he he makes guys he makes guys miss in the open field, and just him taking that next step being one of the one of like like a tier one tier two tight end would be great to see. I think he's on like the like the bottom of a tier two tight end right now. You know, hopefully next year he jumps into that tier one. And then on the defense side of the ball, you have you know Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson should be a Pro Bowler this year. You know he's he's been playing great, so you so you're set there at safety. I think you know, and the edge room, you want to add, you know, like an alpha guy there. You know, you have Dennis Gardick, you have Zayvon Collins, you have Duma Cage, you have um, Cameron Thomas out there. You have, you know, different guys that just take turns um, on the edge spots. So hopefully you get like a real alpha, you know, pass rusher that can help you guys and just take a lot of the pressure off a Dennis Gardick, a Zayvon Collins that, that's out there trying to trying to just, you know, play better than what they are. So hopefully you get, like like I said, just a real number one edge rusher that, that helps everyone and just helps the defense as a whole. With the defensive line, I think, you know, Dante Stills, he'll be a starter next year, again, like how he was this year. And I think you need someone... Hopefully, maybe like a veteran that plays opposite of him that could just, you know, a big veteran that could like show him how to play defensive line, how to take it to the next level and be a real big threat on that defensive line. And then also just, you know, you need bodies on the defensive line right now, you know, hopefully get, everyone gets, you know, healthy during, during the bye week. But, you know, you have... Dante Stills you have Roy Lopez who's who's been playing a lot these past couple of weeks you have someone like a Kevin Strong hopefully he gets healthy you know he was he was out for a little bit with a shoulder injury you don't know if if someone like a LJ Collier is going to be back next year you know someone like a Jondon Ledbetter who's been up and down you know with injuries this this year but and you know on reality you just need bodies on a defensive line just so they can have a nice rotation there and then kind of like, kind of like with the edge rusher room you need like an alpha defensive lineman in there too i think um linebacker is going to be a solid position going into next year you know you you obviously going to have kaiser white coming back i think he with him coming back you know you feel good no matter who's opposite of him in the linebacker room you know you hope maybe someone like an owen papo takes that ne- next step next year and just has a whole offseason here you know like having a real nfl offseason with arizona cardinals with you know nick rallis with jonathan gannon and he could kind of play opposite of um of kaiser white and then hopefully you know when after next year when kaiser's contract is up maybe you do resign or maybe you don't but you you feel comfortable with someone like an owen papo or maybe you draft someone this year maybe you sign uh, another guy kind of like a kaiser white this year who kind of could take the reins from him you know going forward so I I do have a lot of belief in Owen Papo I think he's a great linebacker I think he's kind of like I think I said it before he's like a perfect mold of what Gannon and Nick Rallis want as a linebacker in this defense you know he's He was a former safety, you know, going into his freshman year in Auburn, and he converted to linebacker, and he's been playing linebacker ever since. I think, you know, he he started playing safety, kind of like the hybrid linebacker role um, at Auburn when he was, like, probably, I think, 17 or 18 years old, you know, like a real young guy, and he's... Play three, four years at Auburn and then in coming into the draft as a late, you know, fifth or sixth rounder. I think he just needs time to develop and just understand what, they, what they're what they asking from him in this defense. But I think he has all the tools and all the potential to to take the, those reins from Kaiser White. Not next year, but hopefully like the year after. And, you know, next year just get comfortable within the offense and just understanding, you know, just getting him playing time. This year he hasn't really had playing time just because he's been mainly like a special teams special teamer and then even with Kaiser's injury he hasn't really been playing I think he played a handful of snaps maybe like three or five snaps against the Steelers and it was mainly just rushing the passer and just not really like a traditional linebacker role that they have so hopefully he flourishes next year um with the cornerback group I think you know Marco is going to be tough for him just because, you know, his he's been playing really up and down this whole season, you know. In the beginning, I did feel like he played great for the first three, four games. But outside of that, he's been really just, you know, laying up a lot of big plays, you know, hasn't been able to, to, to stop really anything, you know, that's getting thrown to him. If he does stop it, for some reason, it feels like every time he, he deflects a ball, every time he makes a play, it's always like defensive pass interference. And so you're just like, oh, you know, Marco made a play, but then, you know, you see in the bottom, there's a flag, and then it's a, it's a defensive pass interference. And, you know, the other team's down the end zone already so just plays like that which don't really show up like on the stat sheet with plays that he's given up but just like penalties and stuff like that I feel like that's happened so much especially for him um which you know I don't see him hopefully he doesn't you know no disrespect to him but hopefully he doesn't have a starting role going into next year 2024 and hopefully you know with with free agency and with you know the the amount of money you do have cap wise you're able to bring in you know uh, a number one cornerback an alpha cornerback and maybe even a number two cornerback to kind of just bolster the cornerback room which is really just you know kind of like a de- the defensive line that just been hit by injuries you know you have Antonio Hamilton who's been hurt and just you know just to begin with they were they didn't really have many bodies going into the season just so just having really anyone hurt just hurts you guys and then just like I said, having Hamilton hurt just is, is, is horrible just because you're so thin at that linebacker, I, I mean, at that corner spot. And then benching Marco Wilson just because, you know, he's been just bad. It just hurts that cornerback room so much where you have Keetra Clark starting on the on the outside corner spot with, you know, maybe like a, someone like a Sterling Thomas, you know, this year. He, he's been starting a bunch and also um, – David or uh, David Wilson he he was playing you know he's a rookie corner um he was playing against the Steelers last season um last game so seeing someone like that you know you hope to uh, to have someone that comes in maybe maybe at least two guys at least to come in in that cornerback room to just make it you know more more of a normal cornerback room where you have a true number one corner that's able to to play on the outside, play on the boundaries, and then you have the number two corner, maybe, you know, maybe not as good. Maybe it could be someone like Ketro Clark that just plays the other team's lesser receiver, and, you know, he's able to flourish in that cornerback two role. So hopefully that, you know, transition is, you know, for the – you know, for, for the team going forward. Um, so now we'll kind of transition to like free agency and stuff like that. Kind of like what we want to see from free agency. So one of the main positions I'll kind of like just highlight for you guys right now is, you know, we need wide receiver. I think you know Hollywood is going to be a free agent. I don't think, you know, unless he's unless he takes like a one-year prove it deal, which I don't think he'll do it just because he is a little bit older, um or he takes like a short-term deal for us right now just to stay in Arizona, which like I said, I don't think he'll take it just because this is the first time he's able to to cash in, you know, in the NFL and he's already a little bit older too. I think he's like 26 or something like that. So just hopefully, you know, hopefully he does come back. You know, you do love having Hollywood here. He's been doing everything that you that you ask of him. You know, he's he hasn't bad-mouthed anything with having, you know, up-and-down quarterback play for half the season, but you don't really see him returning. So, you know, you have Michael Wilson, and that's pretty much it right now. Further wide receiver like starting wide receivers going into the next season so wide receiver is a big need i think offensive line you know finding out who's going to be the left tackle if it's going to be paris johnson if it's going to be a rookie you know a first round rookie if it's going to be someone that you bring in for from free agency you know who's going to be that left tackle spot you know if dj humphrey comes back you know maybe you trade him you know kind of trade him before you don't get really anything for him next year or you kind of keep him as a backup tackle, which I don't know how that would go. You know, he, he's, he's getting paid, I think like 12 or 13 mil uh, a year right now. So him having him as a backup, you know, maybe you adjust his contract, maybe you trade him. So seeing how that goes, you obviously need someone. I think you desperately need a veteran to come in for that left guard spot to just bolster the interior of, of the offensive line. I think, Money has seen that you need someone in the interior offensive line to keep Kyler Murray healthy and just keep them not running around for the whole game so just like I've said before in 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 past podcasts I think the main difficulties with Kyler Murray just because he is like he, he is a shorter quarterback that you need people in that interior offensive line to hold up their blocks so Kyler doesn't get pressure from from the inside and he's able to hit those throws deep and he's able to you know maybe get out the pocket against edge rushers I think he's he's pretty solid Throughout his whole career, you know, going against Nick Bosa, going against someone like like the Washingtons of the world and people who have you know solid, great you know edge defenders, I think he's played great against them. It's the people like Aaron Donald and like Eric Armstead who's who's giving him trouble. Just you know, people that could get interior pressure on him it just gives them a bunch of trouble and that's usually how you know whenever Kyler has a bad game whenever this offense has has a bad game it's usually because you know we can't protect the or we can't hold up our blocks in the interior offensive line so getting someone on that left guard spot I think is probably going to be the the number one or number two priority you know going into free agency and then speaking about you know number one number two priorities I think defensive line is a huge priority just because you know you want to flush that position group with maybe a free agent or two and then just some some people that you draft you know some rookies you know just just to bolster that that defensive line room just because you know John McGannon's defense Nick Riles' defense and I think you know just Money Austin for their all three of them their way of thinking is to control the trenches on the offense and defensive line and you don't really have anyone like that on the defensive line right now. You know, on the offensive side you have Will Hernandez, you have Paris Johnson, you have Farrell Holt, you have those guys that could play great and they could move anyone really off the line. So you you feel sort of comfortable there. Like I said, you, you do want someone on the left guard spot, but on the defensive line, you want probably like two or three guys that could be potential starters and get, you know, a lot of playing time, a lot of snaps. You know, you want, like I said, one free agent, I think one solid free agent and then two or three solid defense alignment rookies so you know you already have Dante Stills like I said you hope you hope to pair him with someone like in in free agency that that could just help him like like a veteran and then you have two guys behind him that that are rookies or maybe you have like like a like a lower tier free agent that comes in sort of like someone like an LJ Collier that was supposed to be this year maybe someone like a Kevin Strong or like a Jonathan Ledbetter who's able to play, you know, solid defense when you when you need them. So that's probably another big priority that you have for the defensive line. The edge rusher is a priority. I don't think it's as major as a priority as, you know, as the defensive line or the offensive line. Um, I feel like, you know, Zayvon Collins would just get better, you know, the more he goes on. You do have a fifth-year option that that, that you thinking about picking up this offseason, so just seeing how that goes. Dennis Gardek, you know, hopefully – you know, I think he'll come back. I think he does have a role with his team, you know, if it's on, on the edge rushers, if it's with special teams, he does have a role that he could play. You know, hopefully he he is able to carry this out, you know, this momentum that he has playing this season into next season. Hopefully it's not like a one-year fluke or a, or a one-year wonder. And then you also have you know young guys like a Cameron Thomas, like a Victor Mckayji, who's who's whenever they they've gotten their chances, they play great. And then also I think you'll add someone like a O'Jolari that I I haven't talked about you know so far you know in this in this podcast, but I think you know he's also going to take that next step t- to to kind of overtake maybe the the Dennis Gardeck role. Maybe he can turn into that number one alpha guy, but just you know you don't know what's going to happen with him. So just. Seeing that edge room be sort of crowded, but just having guys that can pop, like like a Zayvon Collins, you know, he's a former first round pick. He can make that next leap. You just don't know. Um, same thing with B. Joe You know, he's a second round pick. You know, he's someone that this off-season, you know, had surgery on his knee and, you know, he didn't really ha- have an off-season. Kind of took a while to to get accustomed to. So hopefully, you know, he, the past couple of games he has been, you know, getting momentum and just looking like the player he was at LSU with just adding a few a few pass rush moves and also just being better against the run hopefully he does take that next step to kind of solidify himself as the number one edge rusher for this team and if not you know you go ahead and maybe sign not the number one guy but maybe you sign like a tier two guy that could just compliment you know bj Jolari and give bj that that confidence of him playing as a number one edge rusher going into next season. And then you have the cornerback room, which is like I've talked about it earlier, is already just a really thin room that you just need bodies in and you just need like a real number one receiver, uh, a number number one corner in. So, you know, hopefully you snag someone in free agency, you know, probably, hopefully a young guy that's able to come in and be that number one corner. And then you have someone like Ketro Clark to play the number two role. You know, you get another body in there, you know, maybe a lower tier free agent or maybe, you know, a day two or three uh, draft pick. And you're able to feel more comfortable in that defensive back room going into next season, which is something that, you know, you wanted Marco Wilson to be. But obviously, you know, he's been playing really bad this season and you you just can't, you know, go into next season with someone like that playing significant roles and playing you know getting those snaps in the off season just to not be great you know during during the actual season so like I said hopefully you bring in someone like a real true corner uh number one cornerback instead of just a bunch of these like slot corners which don't get me wrong I think is very valuable I think it's one of the most you know under undervalued positions in the NFL you know having a great slot quarterback but you know having you know, I feel like we just have a bunch of slot corners right now with Garrett Williams. I I remember hearing Keytril Clark was supposed to be like a like a slot corner guy. You have someone that they love to transition in. You know, with like Jalen Thompson and Buddha Baker. You know, with with Nick Rallis. That's something that they were doing this off-season where you had Jalen come in as a slot corner and you had Buda come in as a slot corner, just moving those three guys around is something that they want to do and also just mixing in Keetra Clark. So hopefully you are able to get, like, a true number one corner in free agency, which is my expectation, and you have someone that comes in, you know, during the draft or maybe, like, a, like a lower tier free agent that, that helps you out for 2024. And then going into draft talk, I think, you know, The Cardinals right now with, I think, the Patriots won on Thursday. So the Cardinals do have pick three. They still have pick three. Nothing really has changed. And they also have pick 15. I think the the Texans lost today, too. I'm recording this on Sunday. So the the Texans, I think, just lost. So, you know, you feel good about that. You know, the more the Texans lose, the better that that first-round pick that we have is going to be. And, yeah, just seeing, I think with the first with our two first round picks in my opinion you have to probably go just best player available i you know you don't really want to draft just out of need you just want to draft best player available and i think you know this team has so much need so many needs everywhere that you can't just pass up on anyone i mean a lot of people are saying you know you have pick 3 or you have pick 2 you know you want to trade down but i think you know at pick 3 going with someone like a Marvin Harrison Jr i think is as someone that you have to have on the team, you know, someone like a real alpha player, a real just perennial, hopefully pro bowl, all pro player, and just like a uh, a uh, uh, a blue chip prospect, a blue chip player, you know, someone like a Kyler Murray, someone like a Buda Baker, someone maybe like a james connor that comes in and is just that guy no matter who he is you know he comes in you know he's a third overall pick and i think you know he's just going to come in and just change his offense you know you have him come in he's going to be the the x wide receiver he's going to be the alpha wide receiver you know with him with his size you know six four with his pedigree with his father playing in the nfl you know he's been you know he's been, you know, growing up, he's been trained to be an NFL wide receiver, you know, from his father, from probably his father's, you know, friends, you know, him training ever since he was a little kid, you know, training for this moment, you know, you want someone like that on your team, someone like, hopefully, so he he becomes someone like a Larry Fitzgerald, where he's here for years and years to come. He's that alpha wide receiver that you just have no worry, you know, who's you know who's guarding him he's going to be that guy for years and years to come so you know so getting someone like a marvin harrison jr at three is my is my thinking and is my wish that you know if we do have the third of our pick even if we have the fourth overall pick you know getting someone like him is just going to change your offense you know you give a big ta- a big target to kyler murray and then you have you know like i said marvin harrison jr as the main you know x receiver and the z receiver you have michael wilson you know another big target 6-2 hopefully he gets healthy and just stays healthy you know for 2024 and you have someone like a rondell moore or maybe like a greg dorch that you could bring back and that just that just opens up your offense for so much more you know you think Trey McBride is at least going to keep the same consistency consistency that he has right now if not take that next step for next year and you give a lot of these big targets to Kyler Murray I think you know he's going to flourish with the, with this team you know Marma's going to flourish and I think he's going to come in and just hit the ground running and be one of the one of the best young receivers if not the, the best receivers You know, in the NFL, you know, right out of the box. And just having someone like that who's going to be at the top of their position just, you know, day one, I think you can't put a value on that. You know, obviously receiver, some people might say, you know, he's not, you know, a receiver is not as valuable as maybe an offensive lineman or as a defensive lineman. But just someone with with the talent level that marvin harrison has you know with, with the pedigree that he has i think you have to take someone like that in um in the draft especially with the third overall pick just because you know you hope next year you're going to be a playoff team and just having someone like that you know help you get into the playoffs next year is going to do wonders for this offense If you do get into a scenario where you are pick, you know, you win against the Bears and maybe you pull out a win against the Seahawks or hopefully, like I said, against the Eagles. But let's say you do get two more wins and then you are hovering around that four or five range in the draft, you know, Marvin Harrison might be gone at that point just because you have other teams leapfrog you and, you know, there's only two great quarterbacks in the draft. Maybe, you know, depending on how you feel with Jaden McDaniels, you know, he just won the Heisman, you know, maybe he might sneak into the top five just because. The Heisman might put him up there. You know, some team, you know, it only takes one team to fall in love with the guy that that drafts him really high. So, you know, worst case scenario with that with that first round pick that we have from, from, from our own first round pick, you know, you're going to have a great guy no matter what. You know, if it's not Marvin Harrison Jr., it's going to suck. But at the same time, if you do fall into that four or five range or maybe, you know, God forbid, you know, six or seven, something like that you do you are going to have a great player like like an olu from penn state who's going to be an offensive lineman that comes in and just and just bolsters that offensive line and just helps you helps you get you know one of uh one of the two sides of the ball the trenches and just bolsters it and makes it you know something like how dallas had back in the day how the eagles have it right now just you have great you know solid pro bowl guys elite level guys throughout the whole offensive line and you're just able to bully guys in the run game in the pass game and you know maybe someone like um if you don't get olu maybe you get a joe all or maybe you know you are going to be in that middle of the top 10 maybe you get someone like azir newton who, from illinois who who plays great and is a defensive alignment that you could put next to next to dante stills or next to maybe a um a, a free agent that you bring in and someone like that 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 could just bolster just on the offensive or defensive line is going to be great and then with a with the Texans pick hopefully it is you know somewhere in the teens but if it's not if it's not if it's somewhere in the 20s or, or or god forbid it's in the late 20s but you know hopefully it's in the early teens you know early 20s you know middle of the teens early 20s and you're able to get someone, you know, some wide receivers that could be there, like like the guy from LSU, the guy from Florida State, you know, the guy from Washington, who are all big physical receivers, you know, some of them are going to be more speedy, some of them, some of them are going to be more possession receivers, but having someone like that is going to be great you know you come you come out of the day one of the draft and you feel confident and great no matter who you pick you know i i have a lot of trust in money awesome for that he he's going to do his due diligence you know on every single prospect that could be there at three that could be there at 15 and then also just the 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 in the second round too with, with our with our pick too you know he's going to have he's going to come out hopefully you know day one day two of the draft with you know two plus starters on this team no matter if it's marvin harrison jr and you get you know an offensive lineman you know with your other first round pick or you get a uh, an offensive lineman one of the top tier guys with, with your first first round pick and you know at the at the later one you you maybe get a receiver maybe you get a defense alignment and and, or maybe an edge rusher maybe a cornerback you know if it's you know later in the first round draft I think that's kind of the sweet spot of the cornerbacks this season, this this draft you know kind of later in the first early second I think that's well where a lot of them would go or maybe you're able to you know someone falls every year in the NFL draft and you're able to snag them up you know with your with your second round pick, and you come out of the you come out of the draft with three guys, you're just like oh, like all these three are going to be starters going into next season. So hopefully you have someone like that. Like I said, my dream would be a Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, or just with our first first round pick, and then with our second one, you come back and just get someone in the trenches. No matter if it's a de- defensive lineman, no matter if it's an offensive lineman, or maybe like I said, if it, if it is later in the, later in the draft, you know you might get a cornerback or you might get you know another position like that so just you you feel real comfortable going into into the draft no matter what happens you know hopefully you do get higher picks just because you know obviously you want higher picks because you want better players but you know hopefully the Texans lose out you know as a Cardinals fan you you want that to happen just because you're you're able to get more picks but um so yeah that's basically what you know kind of what, what you want in the in the draft I mean if you do get into an unforeseen circumstance where Marvin is drafted above you and you're like draft and you're pick number three or four and there's still like a Drake May on the board you know in that situation I feel like Monty would just trade down you know into middle of the top 10 and you're able to get you know something for next year and just keep on keep on having multiple first round picks for years and years to come, you know, with trading back, trading down, and you're able to just bolster this team for years to come and just have so many draft picks, you know, every single year. Kind of like how how the Eagles have been doing where they where they have first round picks just coming in and in this team. And you know, no matter who leaves in free agency, you have someone that comes in and replaces them and is a top-tier talent. So hopefully, you know, you did get Marvin, but if not, you know, you feel good about what Monty Austin Ford's going to do. So, yeah, that's basically all I have for you guys today. I know it's a little bit longer of a podcast. You know, we did we did go over a lot of things. You know, hopefully this kind of this Cardinals talk about, you know, the, the team right now, the team for the future, you know, free agents, a little bit of free agency, you know, something about the draft. You know, hopefully this kind of itches the Cardinals, you know news, Cardinals, content that you guys miss this week just because, you know, we are in a bye week. So going back into um into the Cardinals for right now this season, you know, we're we're done with the bye week today and then we'll I think John Gannon said that the team will start practicing a little bit on Monday and then kinda like a like a walkthrough ish Monday and then Tuesday and then they'll get back to normal their normal schedule of practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then just hopefully I'll drop another podcast on Tuesday. Um, for you guys and then Tuesday and then Friday and then seeing how how we play against the 49ers like I said hopefully it is a competitive game but if not you just want you just want it to be a competitive game and just seeing Kyler and his offense just take more steps, you know, this defense, you know, hopefully people get healthy on both sides of the ball, but just everyone get healthy, everyone just play physical, play strong, and just, you know, have a competitive team going down the stretch of the season. So, like I said, thank you guys, you know, for listening and to this longer podcast that I was talking about, you know, sometimes I do ramble a lot. Um, so yeah, like I said, thank you guys, you know, if you do like the episode, you know, share it wherever you guys, uh, listen to podcasts, share it on Spotify, on Apple podcasts, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, whatever you guys like. Um, and just, yeah, like it, you know, download the episode. It really just helps me a lot. You know, just starting off with this podcast and just hopefully building this for me for the future um, for years to come. And hopefully I'm able to do this, you know, consistently just as, as the season go on. I'm able to just cover the Cardinals as much as possible. Like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll talk to you guys hopefully on Tuesday.